0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., and I am a recovered, compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, December twenty. 20- Rebecca, we lost you. Wow. Thank you so much.
1: You're Um, welcome. Thank
0: you. I don't know where you lost me. Should I start? I'll start over since I don't know. Good morning. Start again,
1: Rebecca. Rebecca.
0: Thank you. Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Rebecca F., and I am a recovered, compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, December twenty second, 2014. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are in Chapter 2. There is a solution on page 26, the first paragraph beginning with A Certain American. Today's readers are Reading the OA 12 Steps is Chrissy M., Reading the OA12 traditions is Anne Marie M. And reading the literature are Kim G., Susie K., and Carmella G. The reference number, or share ID, for Sunday, December 21st, is 7128. OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Chrissy M. to read the Overeaters Anonymous 12 steps.
2: I am Chrissy M, recovered compulsive over and I we admitted we were powerless. We were, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God, as we understood Him. Made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others, continued to take personal inventory, and when we when we were wrong, promptly admitted it, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to, out, to compulsive overeaters, and to practice these
0: principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Chrissy M. I will now ask Anne-Marie M. to read the Overeaters Anonymous 12 Traditions.
3: This is Anne-Marie M., Recovered Compulsive Eater in South Carolina. The 12 Traditions. One, a common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related uh, facility or outside enterprise, thus, problems of money, property, and prestige diverted from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be uh, fully self supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, OVEET is anonymous, should remain forever non professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities.
0: Thank you, Anne-Marie. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic Today, we resume our study of the Big Book in Chapter 2, There is a Solution, on page 26. I will now ask Kim G. to get us started by reading the first paragraph beginning with A Certain American.
4: Thanks, Rebecca. A certain American businessman had ability, good sense, and high character. For years, he had floundered from one sanitarium to another. He had consulted the best-known American psychiatrist. Then he had gone to Europe, placing himself in the care of a celebrated physician, the psychiatrist Dr. Young, who prescribed for him. Though experience had made him skeptical, he finished his treatment with unusual confidence. His physical and mental condition were unusually good. Above all, he believed he had acquired such a profound knowledge of the inner working of his mind and his hidden springs that relapse was unthinkable. Nevertheless, he was drunk in a short time. More baffling still, he could he could give himself no satisfactory explanation for his fall. And good morning, everyone. My name is Kim J, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey, and I love this. This is Roland Hazard that we're talking about here, and I love him because he busts some delusions of mine. But just to put this in context, this is the 1930s we're talking about here. 1929 is a big stock market crash, the Great Depression starts, 25% unemployment, people are waiting in bread lines, it's a very dark time in America, but yet Roland Hazard comes from this very affluent family, generations of old money, access to everything, his parents loved him, and they sent him to psychiatrists all over the country, money was not an object, at one point, they even paid for someone to stay with him on a deserted island so he wouldn't drink. And the day he came back from that island, he drank. So what that does for me is it busts that delusion that I thought, You know what the problem is? If I had a personal chef, I would be able to stay abstinent. If I could get a personal trainer, I could stay abstinent. If I, and I got, came into OA in the 90s. If I could get into that Dr. Phil house, I would be able to do this. Maybe today you're saying if I could only get on The Biggest Loser and have Dolvet train me, maybe I could stay accident. This is a man who had access to everything. And they said they took him to all the psychiatrists across the United States. And they didn't just send him to Europe to any psychiatrist. I mean, when I was in college in the 80s, there was three major psychiatrists at the time, Dr. Floyd, Dr. Adler, and Dr. Young. They tried to get Freud if he wasn't taking patients. They tried to get Adler he wasn't taking patients. But Carl Jung not only accepted him for an evaluation, he lived with Dr. Jung for an entire year. They flew him to Switzerland in the midst of the depression, and he got to live with one of the top psychiatrists in the world for an entire year. And what did he get out of that? It says here, above all, he believed he had acquired such a profound knowledge of the inner workings of his mind and its hidden springs that relapsed was unthinkable. Knowledge would fix it. Having access to what the best the world could offer would fix it. And what happened here? The next sentence. Nevertheless, he was drunk in a short time. So I bust the delusion. My problem isn't my compulsive overeater. My problem is I don't have access to things that will fix me. And that's why I love Roland, because he tells me it doesn't matter what human aid I have access to. If I have the allergy of the body and obsession of the mind, I am beyond human aid, and I'm going to need to find a power greater than myself. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Kim G. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Dorina.
5: Larry. And Paula. Paula's age.
0: Okay, so I'm writing as fast as I can, and I got Lauren S., Janice, Larry, Paula, and I missed the next person?
5: Charles H.
0: Oh, Charles. And was, was there anyone else I missed? Okay, Lauren S. I'd you're
6: like up. to share too. Hello. Wait, Vasa.
0: I heard Vasa. And was there someone else? Okay, Lauren S. Sorry about that. Go right ahead.
6: Okay. <clears throat> Thank you.
0: <coughs>
6: Lauren is a recovered um compulsive overeater from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. All right, guys. So <clears throat> I have some notes in my book and uh so we're talking about Roland Hazard and um one before I just I do I do too have some little his history notes but I have a meditation that I wrote in my book and um, it says you know Roland believed a relapse was unthinkable and I have here for me like today do I think a relapse for me is unthinkable because you know I. I haven't binged in, you know, two, about two, two and a quarter years, something like that. And, um, I also haven't had, you know, food thoughts in like uh, a year or something, you you know, something along those measures. And, my percentage of, if I'm a compulsive overeater, can, can sometimes be like, oh, maybe I'm only at 98% or 90%. You know, it might not be the 100% that I came in with, even though today I'm, I'm still 100% able to relapse So the meditation I've here is, am I still using my last spiritual experience or knowledge of the program or my mind to stay sober today? That's why. That's why I always need a new experience with the book. I can't be using using my my, you know, higher power from last week or the last time I worked the steps, and um. Also, <laughs> uh, I out of here, you know, as was stated, yeah, Carl Young, he, you know, geez, he had the humility. He was he was one of the most well-known psychiatrists. And he had the humility to say, Roman, I've done all I can from you. You know, I've used all my knowledge of the mind and skills I can help you. You're probably going to die from alcoholism. And, uh, yeah, that's really powerful because... He could have just told Roland, like, here's a prescription, come back, see me again. But he's, he told the man, I've done all I can. And um, with that, I will pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Lorna. Uh, Janice Sims, you're next.
7: Well, good morning to you, Rebecca, and everyone on the line. My name is Janice M. and I am a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. What a message for me and for anybody else that's a compulsive overeater that tried and tried and had the money and went to the best doctor and had the best pill and was, you know, had a little intellect, you know, uh, you know, the pride of all this knowledge, all these books that I read, all these different meetings. And nothing worked. why? because of the powerlessness of my disease, yes, you know he he could be dry for a for a year or whatever he was, but you know it didn't matter what his ability was, what his good sense was, or how much money he had. He could not buy this solution, and that's the name of this uh this chapter uh. There is a solution, (laughs) and he couldn't buy it because we cannot buy the removal of the obsession of the mind. This is a gift from a higher power because we're always trying to find self-control. That's what I did anyway, always trying to find a method that I could control this disease, uh, whether it's through human beings or through uh, money or whatever, and it's telling me right here, Here's a guy. He had everything. He went to the best of the best. <laughs> and he still couldn't stay, you know, he just couldn't stay sober. He he thought that his pride was so so high, which is the leader of the pact, when we fall, it's my pride that, oh, I'm never going to be picking up that bite again because I know, I know about the allergy of the body and I know about the obsession of the mind. No, it can't happen. Oh, yes, it can happen. It's just like Bill. Bill's story on page 7, oh, we had willpower now and self-control and self-knowledge, but you see, for me, it was never and it will never be enough because of the obsession of the mind. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice M.
0: Larry, you're next.
8: Good morning, Rebecca. Thanks so much for your service. Larry Kay, uh, Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. Um you know what I read here again is, um, you know, that you know we try lots of different methods, and it's not a it's not a good place to be, you know, to be powerless. Um, I I don't like that feeling, you know. So um, the mind will um, will direct us to continue to look for for the solution in ourselves and in others and you know, it's really amazing just how powerful the mind is that will that will direct us in that direction. But what it says here is, you know, his physical and mental condition were unusually good. You know, Roland Hazard, he was um he was a wealthy guy, came from family money. Um above all, he believed he had acquired such a profound knowledge of the inner workings of his mind and its hidden springs that relapse was unthinkable. Nevertheless, he was drunk in a short time. So um, you know, and that and that was my story too. You know, there were times that first off, you know, I, I, I did have a, a, a what I thought was a pretty profound knowledge of the inner workings of my mind and its hidden springs. And so that if I could just find the right recipe here for understanding what happened to me in the past, what You know, what were my drives here? Let me develop some sort of action plan that I would be able to carry it through. But, you know, what's different about me is I have this allergy to the body. And and more importantly, I have this obsession of the mind. The obsession of the mind is much more powerful than I am. You know, I needed to know what I was up against. And I would continue to fight for a long period of time, continue to try to find something something that i could do to stop this disease but there was no stopping it the disease was more powerful than me it was much more powerful than me so i could go to the best doctors i could read i read the books you know i read all the books i you found me you know we're in Barnes and Noble <clears throat> borders when it was around you know you would find me in the psychology section you would find me in the self help section and i really read through those books i wanted to find all the different machinations of the mind and motivation and all these things I could do but the, the here was a fact I couldn't stay stopped I couldn't stay stopped it was going to require that I had a complete transformation of the mind complete personality change sufficient to arrest this disease and what you know what we learned here is that and it was from harsh reality that I learned that the only thing that would work for me would be to have a spiritual transformation that was done to me to me as the result of sequentially one by one working through these steps i would be brought into a new relationship with my higher power that would take care of this problem that it would, it would extract out the the obsession of the mind and then of course we're given direction on how to maintain our fit spiritual condition which i do each day to the best of my ability and um, and with that, I will pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Larry Kay. Paula.
8: And thank
9: you, Rebecca. This would be Paula. Compulsive you to recover today through the mercy of God and the grace. We start here in this paragraph, and I think I'd like to start right here in the beginning. And looking at this, this is not what you would expect to be described as an alcoholic. Certain American businessmen had ability. Good sense and high character? This would not be my description, or so I thought, of an alcoholic. But look at what it says in the very next few words. For years he had floundered the same man. And then you look at the word floundered, struggled, as in Maya, to roll, toss, and tumble. Do you know what that feels like? I remember. And I did flounder. But I want to come in, too, and look at what he looked at. He went to the heights, the best, the best American psychiatrists, I'm sure, sanitarians, and then Carl Jung, as was so beautifully explained, who he was at that time, and he is still known today. So he went to the heights, but the strangest thing was, it wasn't to the heights he must go to. As this paragraph ends, he had to go to the depths. It was to the depths. Nevertheless, and I love that word, it stops everybody in their tracks, myself included. He was drunk in a short time. Jeez, we're talking about a year he was under his care. In a short time? <laughs> Takes you fast. More baffling still, jeez, this man. He could give himself no satisfactory explanation for his fall. But see, that's where it was, falling upward. You know, we see the same thing, that self knowledge. And didn't Bill say the same thing? <laughs> I can join Bill here. I, who had thought so well of myself and my abilities, of my capacity to surmount obstacles, was cornered at last. What we find in a corner. Thank you very much for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass.
0: Thank you, Paula. I believe Paula's last initial is D. Charles H
5: thank you, um Rebecca, for your continued service. Good morning, visionaries. My name is Charles H. recovered visionary just for today by the grace of God um <clears throat> there's a lot in this paragraph here for so an American businessman had ability, good sense, and high character. First of all, I could identify with uh, having something high you know high sugar, high cholesterol high blood pressure I, I I get that, and I floundered for years before I found you know um <clears throat> before I found this group and before I found the big book and before I found a lot of things and before I found the 12 steps of, of recovery. <clears throat> I also want to tack it from where it says above all he believed he had acquired such a profound knowledge of his inner workings of his mind and its hidden springs that relapses unthinkable. <clears throat> Nevertheless he was drunk in a short time more baffling still he could Give himself no satisfactory explanation for his fault. You know, and I'm going, to, I'm going to reference that back to <clears throat> page 23 where it says once in a while he may tell the truth. <laughs> once in a while, you know, if I go to a meeting, right, once in a while if I call my sponsor, once in a while if I come on a vision for you, once in a while if I do some step work. Like, I, you know what, I don't want to have once in a while absence. 'Cause because, you know what, in a while I'll be dead. And it's just that that good, and that profound knowledge. We're gonna hear more about that self knowledge and all that. Pro- that knowledge ain't gonna do nothing for me unless I utilize it in ten, eleven, twelve, and one. I gotta live in one every day. That knowledge ain't do nothing for me until I I I I I, I multiply that knowledge with powerlessness. You know, I, I love. Uh, uh, we agnostics We don't see electricity, but we see that power working in our life every single day when I admit that I'm powerless. That is just so amazing to me. And relapse, you know what? It's possible if I get a bright idea, a bright idea that I'm recovered and cured. I, I've been delivered, but i got to do some work to stay delivered one day at a time. And that's the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, period, point blank. Find somebody else to give this program to. Um, Not from a self-righteous, spiritual high top, um, hilltop, just, you know, working with another uh, compulsive overreader. Saturday I doubled up my, you know what? Saturday I doubled up my my outreach calls. I called people that that I normally didn't call and say, hey, it's all right. It's going to be all right. Just work them steps. Get to a meeting. It doesn't matter. We don't take, this disease don't care about weekends. But I don't know. I remember I was a weekend warrior talking about next Monday. You know, and you know what? Just for today, relapse is unthinkable if I admit that I'm powerless. Oh, I know I'm talking good because y'all are quiet in here. And with that, I'm a pass. My name is Charles H., a recovered visionary just for today. Thanks. Thank you,
0: Charles H. Vasa O., Vasa, press star one to unmute. Uh, perhaps I was mistaken and I didn't hear Vasa. Um, why don't Rebecca? We... Yes. Rebecca,
10: it's Vasa. I couldn't, I couldn't get unmuted. Can you hear me?
0: Yes. Did you want to share Vasa?
10: Yes, I'd like to. Thank oh, you.
0: I'm sorry, ahead.
10: I was going in and out. I couldn't unmute. Anyways thank you uh, Rebecca, for your service and I'm grateful recover compulsive Vida calling um, boss, I'm calling from Florida and uh, yeah dr young uh he had it all he had he was rich he came from a good family that he was loved but he had he tried you know he had this self knowledge but none of that could make him stop drink and that was my story uh I mean, I remember using all those things. I I remember saying, well, you know, the self-knowledge. I read all kinds of books on diets and how to stop eating and how to lose the weight, and I'm thinking, well, maybe if I had the money, if I was popular, if I had the education, if uh, if I had married another husband that would understand me and love me more, Or if I had a loving family, rich family, you know, I used all those excuses. I didn't even know they were excuses. And it just, I did not know what I did not know. You know, I was always looking for the solution out there. And uh, the self-knowledge is not enough. It didn't keep me abstinent and everything that I would like looked out there. I'm so grateful that I found the solution. Solution when I started with the big book, it's right here. I learned I had an allergy, the body allergy, with the mental obsession. I didn't know about the allergy, but I, you know, uh, I, I knew and I learned what my trigger foods were, so I needed to put those down. But I thank God that the sponsor that uh, got me into the big book said I needed, the most important that I heard really was I needed to find a power greater than myself myself to help me because with everything out there I tried to do, there was nothing, nothing could keep me abstinent. And I was ready and I was w- willing to surrender to a power greater than myself and pick up the simple of spiritual tools laid out, in, out on, uh, on my feet or on our feet uh, uh, that I hear. And that was uh, the beginning, the surrender, and put the food in God's hands, and no matter what, no matter what, what I was going through, emotional, um, whatever, I was grieving. When I, once I put the food down, I was grieving, and I needed to go through the grieving of the loss of my food that brought me comfort and love and nurturing. And and now I looked at it, it was not my comfort, it was not my love, it was my enemy. It was killing me, it was destroying my body, my mind, and soul. So thank you for letting Shina pass.
0: Thank you, Vasa. O. Why don't we move on? I will now ask Susie K. to read the next two paragraphs, beginning with So He Returned, and ending with the physician's opinion.
11: Good morning, Susie K, grateful Recovered Compulsive Eater in Maine. So he returned to this doctor
0: whom he admired and asked him quite blank why he could not recover. He wished, above all things, to regain self-control. He seemed quite rational and well-balanced with respect to other problems. Yet he had no control, whatever, over alcohol. Why was this? He begged the doctor to tell him the whole truth and he got it in the doctor's judgment he was utterly hopeless he could never reg- regain his position in society and he would have to place himself under lock and key or hire a bodyguard if he expected to live long that was a great physician's opinion so this um, um, happening happened before um, the um formal beginning of AA and um before the solutions had been the solution had been laid out in this big book and um as I read it it just brought me um a great sense of gratitude that um, that this solution exists that we are um in this text um because if I didn't have the solution now I would have been in um Roland Hazard's shoes, where um uh, you know, I was told that I was a low bottom compulsive eater, um, but I was not told that my situation was hopeless, as Roland did. I was told that um, I could be helped and that I could be helped by um, adopting rigorous abstinence. Um, being honest and um, and to uh, and adopting a spiritual program in my life, and as we know, you know, many thousands of people have been helped by this and to recover, and I'm just really grateful that um, that um, uh, that this solution exists today. So I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Susie K. Who would like to share on these two paragraphs?
2: Oh, this is Melissa
0: Amy. C. Renata. G. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm a slow writer. Um there the here's who I heard Melissa C, Renata, and Kim G, but there was someone first before Amy. Melissa C It was Amy. Amy G. Uh, Thank you, and I heard also, G. yeah, and, and Sue G. I also spoke up. Okay, thank you. Um, so we'll take Amy G. Then Sue G. Then Melissa C. Renata and Kim G. Did I miss anyone? Okay, Amy G. You're next.
12: Good morning. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Thank you, everyone, for your service today. I'm so grateful to be here. I'm also grateful for this scenario that's being laid out in front of us. So he goes back to the doctor, and what a gift that this doctor has to have the humility to say, look, this is, the, let me make this crystal clear here. It doesn't matter what you know, it doesn't matter what treatment I know, you are at the end of the road here. You know, you might as well throw away the key because you are absolutely you know, uh, powerless, and that you're utterly hopeless. I mean, as difficult as that must have been for the doctor to say to him, I mean, what a gift to know. Because like we've read about earlier, there's no middle-of-the-road solution. If I am truly a compulsive overeater, that without this spiritual kit of tools laid at my feet being picked up by myself, i.e. the steps, working the steps, and I have this personality change sufficient to bring about recovery, to relieve me of this greater aspect of the disease, which is the mental obsession, I am absolutely hopeless. And I'm so grateful that the doctor had the humility and the courage to say, I can't help you anymore, buddy. You are hopeless. And how wonderful now that we have this book that we can read and see that there, although we are hopeless, we have a solution as long as we are willing to work these steps and believe. And, I mean, the beauty of this, this book is I've read it. You know, here we are. We've worked through the doctor's opinion. We've learned about the mental obsession and the physical allergy. We've read Bill's story, or I should say I've read Bill's story, and I identify in with not only how he drinks and how I eat, but his behaviors, his mannerisms, his personality, the selfishness, the self-centeredness, you know, and how he, how he, how he acts. And then we get into the solution. And at this point, I relate, I identify. And I mean, knowledge is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just not enough. And I remember when I came to Overeaters Anonymous, I mean, at least I began to understand what it is that I was dealing with. But prior to Overeaters Anonymous, I had no knowledge whatsoever. I had no clue. I thought I just needed another diet. And for me as a compulsive overeater, that's like putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. I had no idea. And I come to Overeaters Anonymous and those, you all loved me and you all have shown me. You, heard, you told me your stories. I related. You talked about the twofold nature of this disease. All of what the Vision for New meetings lay out for me. And here I am thinking that I know enough, just like Roland. But it is not enough. You know, they say Overears Anonymous is like the mafia. You know, you know too much. You, you, you can never get out, but you know too much. And, and that's what happened for me. The knowledge did nothing more for me and Overears Anonymous but inform me and then ruin all my binges. Because then I started binging going, oh, my gosh, this is what I'm doing. And yet I still put the food in my mouth. I still put the food in my mouth. Why? Because my mind was warped by a merciless obsession that had warped warped me and how I thought that even the most trivial thought or even no thought whatsoever, and I would still be putting food in my mouth. That was the end of the road for me, complete and utter powerlessness. And that's where I had to get to. And clearly, this is where Roland needed to get to. There is no middle-of-the-road solution. You can only coast downhill. There's two roads I had to take, either keep on eating in in oblivion, even with the knowledge that I had, or to pick up the spiritual tools, pick up the kit of spiritual tools laid at my feet. And I'm so grateful for those who have gone before who did so. And
11: I'm so grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Amy G. Suji?
13: Good morning. It's Suji in need of discipline. Uh, I'm rolling in my enthusiasm about these paragraphs. I love this. So uh, that was a great physician's opinion. Okay, so today I'm Suji, recovered in southeastern Pennsylvania, with your help. With the spiritual help of the group conscience, so today I'm a follower of Freud, Jung, Larry, Paula, Lauren, Charles H, Rebecca, Amy G, and everybody else who who is listening and sharing in this meeting. Um, that that what what I love here is um, this these sources that we have that help us the underpinnings of our program. So there's Carl Jung talking to Roland Hazard, and he says, Hi, I'm a doctor, and you're a hopeless case. He, Carl Jung is powerless. And a fascinating thing, it's just, this is something I've learned, is Car, Carl Jung admitted his own powerlessness in his, in his studies. He, he quit being a teacher at a big university when he had a midlife crisis and he went deeper into his unconscious, and he drove himself crazy. He was powerless over his own unconscious. Wow. And so what happened? He, he learned he himself was powerless, is what I take out of this, and that's what I take. That's why I'm a follower of all you people, including him, that that, that is what we need to learn in our lives. We are powerless. There's a step one every day for something. And as long as I'm willing to do that, I can stay in steps 10, 11, and 12. If I'm not willing to accept my powerlessness and follow these fine examples, I'm, I'm sunk and, and so are the rest of us. And I think it's a beautiful thing that, that the founders, the first 100, really looked to other people and the collective wisdom that they didn't just ignore what was known in the past. They utilized it. And the difference between me utilizing this now and me utilizing this before a 12-step program is now I lean into our pain with calm patches. That means suffering with. I'm not afraid to suffer with anymore. It doesn't leave me in a pile of personal suffering that's hopeless because all of you are there to help me. And, and so is my higher power, which is which is made up of a lot of things, including all of you. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass.
14: Thank
7: you, Suji. Melissa C. This is Melissa C., a
11: recovered compulsive overeater from New York. And, um, you know, I went to many doctors and, and gave my money looking for the solutions. Um, so I, a little self-knowledge, you know, Therapist, counseling, um, um Can
12: you hear me? Yes,
0: Melissa. We do hear okay. you.
11: Okay. Thank you. Um, I wasn't sure if I was getting feedback. Um, but, you know, and so and many doctors happily took my money, promising a solution. Were never honest with me, um, and thank God they thank God that they weren't honest with me because frankly, I needed to get out there and suffer a little bit more because that's what really taught me what I really needed to hear. And, um, you know, I first came to Overeaters Anonymous, um, I was in my early 20s and I was looking for the OA diet and I found it. And, and I lost weight real fast and seemed myself normal and then went back out there to suffer some more. And, um, and that, too, taught me an awful lot. Um, and then the last Doctor, I had gone to um, when I was 320 pounds said to me, "You're killing yourself. You're morbidly obese, and you're going to be dead from this. You know, it's only going to get you. Um, <laughs> it's only going to get you. You are not going to escape this, um, and you really need to have weight loss surgery. Maybe that can save you." And um, and so I got on the computer and I started looking up weight loss surgeries. And thank you, God, somehow came across um, some horror stories and then came across um, OA online and remembered what I had learned years ago that I tried to push out of my mind to forget. And, and that, that really has been the only solution for me. All my self-knowledge, all my medical interventions have failed me, um, but the fellowship um, offered me the beginnings of my recovery. Not my complete recovery. I still needed to suffer some more as well. That's been the great teacher for me. My utterly powerless state of mind. I am of a hopeless variety. I need a spiritual solution, and I found it here on a vision for you. This has been. Uh, my lifeline, my savior, and I'm so grateful for all the doctors that failed me, that didn't tell me the truth, because I needed life to teach me the real lesson, and um grateful to be here with that as well.
7: Thank you, Melissa C.
0: Renata?
15: Did you call me, Rebecca?
0: I did. And could you give us your last initial, Renata? Sure.
15: Hi. Uh-huh. Good morning, everyone. This is Renata G., Recovered compulsory reader in New York. Um, you know, the book keeps painting all these pictures for us to see that there is no human power that is matched for this obsession of the mind. You know, here is the greatest psychiatrist in the world and he could not produce in Roland Hazard the psychic change necessary to have the obsession of the mind expelled. Expelled, and um, you know this book. Like, how lucky are we that we have this big book today? And it assures us that if we, we go through the steps exactly as they are laid out in this book, we'll have the psychic change that is necessary to be free of this obsession. And, um, you know, I know for myself, I went to a psychiatrist for a while, you know, not the best in the world, of course, but I, I saw a psychiatrist because I couldn't stop eating. And um, it didn't help. It didn't help. I, I would binge on my way there, and I would binge on my way back home. And so, you know, until I was willing to do the steps to, you know the way exactly the way they're laid out in this book. Nothing else helped. You know, as just like Roland, I have a spiritual malady that can only be conquered by a spiritual solution. And the twelve steps, this program of action, is the solution that I need to conquer the spiritual malady. You know, just uh, to end. You know. Uh, The book says that when we go through all 12 steps, we'll be recovered. And the dictionary says that, you know, to be recovered means to be made free of, to return to a a normal state of health, mind, and strength, to be well again. You know, and the the big book dictionary says um, to have solved the, the drink problem. So today I don't need to pick up the food because I don't have an obsession of the mind that drives me to the food. And so, as long as I keep in spiritual, in spiritual condition, I don't need to go to the food. Thanks for letting me share. Okay.
0: Thank you, Renata. I was mistaken. Uh, Kim G did not ask to share. Uh, this is Rebecca F., and I would like to share for a moment... And um, I was looking at, in the last paragraph where it says, in the doctor's judgment, he was utterly hopeless. And um, at the bottom there, that that was the great physician's opinion. So I'm thinking about how um, AA hadn't been established yet and didn't have a track record yet. So the doctors, um, or this doctor anyway, thought that, Roland Hazard was hopeless. Um, And then once um, AA got going on XIII forward to the very first edition, the first line, we of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. It turns out that it isn't hopeless. It just seems like it's hopeless. And fast forward to us overeaters, Um, probably the doctors, many of them think that we're hopeless. And we think we're hopeless because maybe OA doesn't have the same track record. And people aren't aware of the first 100 people who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body when it comes to overeating. But slowly but surely, I like to believe that we who are members of Overeaters Anonymous are carrying the message to other people who are still suffering and um, demonstrating, allowing others to bear witness to us who have recovered that their state of mind and body isn't hopeless; it's just seemingly hopeless. And with that, I will pass. And would anyone else like to share on these last paragraphs that we read? I'd like to share, Leah.
16: This is Bella. Can I share? Bye.
0: Okay, wait one second. There was uh, Leah, Nancy, Aura. Someone, someone said, "I'd like to share." That was me,
14: Nancy Ara.
0: Nancy, okay. And then after Leah, I I heard someone, but I just couldn't think to write it down. Bella. Bella, okay. Well, considering we only have
14: a few minutes, let's see how far we get. Nancy, go right ahead. Uh, Good morning. Um, uh, I'll try to make it brief. Um, I'm Nancy. I'm a grateful Recover compulsive overeater. I'm so grateful that... uh, I found a way out of this merciless obsession. I'm amazed at the similarities I find between myself, the uh, um, different examples that are shared in the big book. Uh, the, 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 today's reading reminds me of a period uh, where I found an a, a, a exciting doctor in Chicago. I explained my situation to him, and one of the symptoms I had developed when trying to lose weight was a severe insomnia. And he put me on this macrobiotic diet, and, and it, it was new at the time in the area. And it, I mean, it was marvelous for a long period of time. I mean, for a long period of time at work. And then finally the insomnia returned and uh, uh, my disease in full-blown. And, uh, uh, you know, he was I, I, something that I thought, I, I really thought that that was a solution. And, uh it worked for a period of time, and uh, thank God I returned to uh, Overeaters Anonymous. And I'm so, so grateful that I found this uh, uh, this phase of my life. I was introduced to visions for you, and today I am so happy to uh, uh, live in recovery. It's such such a big difference in my life from trying to manage and fix, manage and control, and to living in recovery. Thank you so much for letting me share today.
0: Thank you, Nancy. Leah.
1: Thank you, Rebecca. Good morning. I'm Leah M. Recovered, Compulsive Overeater. In the doctor's judgment, he was utterly hopeless. And, you know, of course, this is Dr. Carl Jung, it's been said, and even he, you know, this great physician is admitting his limitations, you know, science and medicine, they stand powerless, you know, before the alcoholic's obsession of the mind, no one had an answer, you know, and you know, that's the point that we get, you know, even knowledge about our disease, even Roland Hazard sitting with Dr. Kroll-Young for over a year, even knowledge about the disease, even the consequences, even knowing the consequences about the disease is not enough. It just makes you a smart, compulsive overeater, <laughs> you know. And uh, the bottom line is that, you know, we have this powerlessness, um, You know, regarding our disease, our body is inherently flawed, it's biochemically different, it cannot successfully process. Uh, In Roland's case, alcohol, in my case, binge foods, I have a mind that's also very (laughs) flawed. I could not successfully process the reality of what this compulsive overeating was doing to me. I couldn't seem to learn from my experiences. I could not connect the dots. I didn't learn from the consequences. My pain had no memory. So where did that leave someone like me? It left me Seemingly hopeless. It left me powerless. I was doomed. You know, based upon my experience and my career of almost two decades of compulsive overeating, the result was an implosion into helplessness. And Bill Wilson called that a deflation of the ego at depth, and that's exactly what it was. You know, I had to concede to my innermost self that I had no power. That based on my own actual experience and looking back at almost two decades of the progression of this illness, I found myself in a deep pit of personal powerlessness. But that powerlessness became the launching pad for me to seek and find power. That, that desperation, I was eating with a sense of urgency and desperation I had never known before, and that pit of misery and uh, powerlessness became the launching pad eventually for me to seek and find power, because if I was going to survive, I had to find a power other than myself or any other human source. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Leah. Bella, we have maybe a couple minutes, Bella.
16: Okay, thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overreader. Thank you, Rebecca, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Why he could not recover? Yes, this is the question that I used to ask myself, and I did have an answer. Well, I cannot recover because... I don't have the willpower. Um, I didn't understand why, okay, when I was angry and upset and disappointed, oh, okay, I understand why I am running to the food. But why I don't have control when I am happy and excited, and I have those times and I have those moments. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that now I am in the program and I know my recovery is only on a spiritual level. Yes, I have an allergy of the body and an obsession on the mind. And yes, I I need a, a spiritual solution. And thank you, God, that now I know that I want, I choose to be connected to a higher power, a greater than my power. And it's the power of God, an accepting power, a loving power. Thank you, God, that now I have the solution. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Bella G., and thank you. The last three sharers did such a nice job of keeping their shares short so that they all had an opportunity to. And thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Carmela G. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. This is Carmela G. from New York, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater for today. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we we know only a little.